We continue our sermon series in the book of Exodus. If you have a Bible, open to Exodus chapter 31. If you don't have a Bible, words will be on the screen behind me. Uh, also in our church app, uh, you'll find there a sermon listening guide, and at the top of the sermon listening guide, uh, there is a scripture printed there as well. Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 through 18. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. And you shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone, written with the finger of God. Years ago, a newspaper in Tacoma, Washington, uh, carried the story of this dog, this tired dog named Tattoo, who was worn out because he had gone on an evening run. This is a little basset hound. Problem is, he didn't choose to go on this evening run. Uh, the owner of this basset hound, when he closed his car door, closed the one end of the leash into the car door, while the other was still connected to Tattoo. And, and he began to drive away. There was a, a motorcycle officer not too far away who saw this car going down the road with dragging something behind it. And so he got up to speed and caught up to the car. It was going 20 to 25 miles an hour. And sure enough, he saw there was a, a dog being dragged behind this car. And uh, he said, you know, basset hounds don't have very long legs. So, you know, 20 miles an hour with no legs, is, uh, that's, that's quite a feat. And, and this officer said this little basset hound was picking his legs up and putting them down as fast as he could. He was rolling over. Now, for all of you dog lovers that maybe right now are gut-wrenched inside over this image and aren't going to be able to listen to the rest of my sermon until you hear what happened to Tattoo. Tattoo was fine. Dog survived. All is well. But isn't that a picture of our lives? Everyone's yoked to something. And that something or that someone taking us at breakneck speed till we're absolutely exhausted. There's only one yoke that doesn't exhaust you, but that actually refreshes you, that actually gives life, and that's God's yoke. God gives you rest in a hectic world and with hectic lives. The question is, what kind of rest does he give? And how does he give this rest? What kind of rest does God give? First, he gives regular rest. The commandment here to keep the Sabbath day comes right after God gives instructions for building the tabernacle. 
And this tabernacle was a big design and build project. It required many people. It required many hours. It was the kind of project where those involved in the building could have easily turned to their spouses and their children and said, listen, the next four months, I'm out of pocket. I'm gonna be working overtime. I'm gonna be working weekends, but it's only short-lived, right? It's, it's four months and then I'll be able to take a break. Some of you may be able to resonate with that. It's into that situation that God says, you will have a weekly rhythm of rest. You'll have a weekly rhythm of rest. Verse 13, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. Sabbath meaning the, the weekly Sabbath. But above all, God says there's no scenario, there's no excuse, there's no set of conditions that would cause you to disregard this. You're gonna have regular weekly rest. Verse 15, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. One day a week, God gives you rest. It's a weekly rhythm. Now this begs the question, does this apply today? This was written to people in the Old Testament, written to Israel in the Old Testament. Is this, is this applicable today? Verse 16, therefore the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. So yes, this is a, a covenant and a command forever. And you say, well, but we're not the people of Israel. This was spoken to the people of Israel. We're not Israel. Well, Paul, when he's writing to the church in Galatians, Galatians chapter six, calls them, New Testament believers, the Israel of God. There's continuity between Old and New Testament. It's one people of God. There's Israel, and then there's the church, the new Israel. And so this Sabbath command absolutely applies today. Not only that, it's one of the Ten Commandments. It's the fourth commandment. The Ten Commandments, rather than being restrictive, are actually God's summary design for human flourishing. The Ten Commandments are the blueprint, the design for human flourishing, and the Sabbath, the fourth commandment, falls into that, this design for human flourishing. So God gives weekly rest. He gives ongoing rest. But here's the last point I wanted to make under this regular rhythm of rest, and that is that the Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift to you. When we talk about the Sabbath, oftentimes we talk about how restrictive it is and it's, it's life-stealing, it takes away fun, it takes away productivity, it doesn't let you maximize efficiency in our world where we run at a million miles an hour to take a day of rest is just inefficient. And yet, verse 14 says, you shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy. That word means set apart for you. It's set apart for you. Jesus says in Mark 2, 27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus is speaking there after the people of his time had started to put so many restrictions on the Sabbath that it had become enslaving. It had become enslaving and life-taking rather than life-giving. The prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 58, the Sabbath is to be a delight, not a burden. So it's a gift to you. 
what happens when you take away a young child's screen time? You take away their iPad. You take away uh, watching TV for a bit of time. You take away them playing video games. What happens when you remove a young child's screen time? Well, they, they usually very calmly look at you and say, Mommy, Daddy, thank you so much for giving me the gift of Sabbath from screen time. Thank you for thinking for the well-being of my brain and of my flourishing in life. We wish it were that way. Actually, it's some combination of a pout or a temper tantrum. You're taking my life away. You're making me miserable. Why do you steal? You're a fun stealer, right? That's how they typically respond. But a break from screen time is for the child's flourishing. Sabbath, rest, is designed for your flourishing. It's a gift. Question is, how does it help you flourish? How does it help you flourish? Well, back to the original question. What kind of rest does God give? He gives regular rest, but what's the nature of the regular rest that actually causes you to flourish? Well, Sabbath rest is both physical rest and it's spiritual rest. Let's start with physical rest. Right now, this is the kind of rest that we typically, when we hear the word rest, this is what we run to, right? Physically just stopping. Right? That's, that's physical rest. Right? But why does physical rest bring flourishing? Well, if you've ever gone to a physical, your annual physical at the doctor's office. If you go to your physical and your blood pressure is really high or you've got some sort of heart condition that shows up, what's one of the primary questions the doctor asks you? Are you stressed? Are you stressed? What's going on at work? What's producing this high blood pressure? See, a lack of physical rest leads to breakdown. I'll share this because it's relevant for the city of Jacksonville, uh, but Urban Meyer just got hired as the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two previous times in his coaching career, he stepped down because of work stress that led to health conditions. So when he decided to get back into coaching and the Jaguars hired him, you know, there was a big questions coming at him. Right? And the main question was, how do we know this isn't going to happen again? Right? How, how, what are you going to do differently so that you don't have another health episode that comes from work stress? And I remember reading an article, and he gave a lot of thoughts, but one of the things he said is, I'm going to hire really good assistant coaches and let them do their job rather than running around the practice field like a nut. The point is, a lack of physical rest leads to breakdown. And that's what verse 17 speaks to. Verse 17, the Sabbath is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. On the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. This is the second time in the passage that the Sabbath is described as a sign. 
as a sign. And here, it's a sign that points back to creation. It points back to creation, that God in six days, he worked to create. On the seventh day, he rested. But it goes beyond that to say he didn't just rest, but he was refreshed. Now, what does that mean? Did God just get so tired he needed a break and he needed a Gatorade? He was just worn out. Well, the answer is no. God doesn't get tired. The seventh day for God of rest was enjoying the goodness of his creation. Rest is a way of enjoying the goodness of God's creation and the goodness of yours. Overwork, right? Overwork leads to physical breakdown when you don't rest. Underwork also leads to breakdown. Right? Notice it's six days work, one day rest. It's not six days rest, one day work. Either way, what you're doing when you overwork or underwork and not rest is you're violating your created nature. You are designed as a human being with a rhythm of work and rest. And when you violate that rhythm, it leads to breakdown. It leads to chaos in your own life and in the lives around you. So Sabbath is a celebration and an honoring of your design. It's an honoring and a celebration of your created nature. But while physical rest is necessary, and it's a part of Sabbath, it's not sufficient. What kind of rest does God give? He gives regular weekly rest. He gives physical rest. But if you don't understand this third kind of rest, then you'll get frustrated. When you come back from a day off or you come back to work after a week of vacation and you're emotionally exhausted the minute you step back in the office, you'll get frustrated. Because there's two kinds of works, work. There's work itself and then there's the work under your work. Physical rest takes care of the work itself, but physical rest does not necessarily take care of the work under your work. And you say, well, what is that? What's the work under your work? It's the need to prove yourself. It's the need to build a reputation. It's the need to make a name for yourself. It's the need to establish your worth. It's the need to establish uh, your significance in this world. That's the work under your work. This is beautifully illustrated in the movie Cool Runnings. It was a film back in 1988 about the Jamaican bobsled team. It was based on a true story. In the Winter Olympics, there were these four track athletes from Jamaica, right? There's no snow in Jamaica. They don't bobsled in Jamaica. But it was a story of these four track athletes that moved to push cart racing that made the improbable jump to bobsled racing in the Winter Olympics. In this movie, their coach is Irving Blitzer, and he's a man who won two gold medals at bobsledding like 20 years earlier. And then in an attempt to win a third gold medal, he got caught cheating. And there's this scene in the movie where one of the team leaders, Doris, has a conversation with his coach, and he basically asks him, why did you cheat? And this is what the, his coach said. 
That's a fair question. It's quite simple, really. I had to win. You see, Doris, I'd made winning my whole life. And when you make winning your whole life, you have to keep on winning. No matter what. You understand that? And Doris said, no, coach, I don't understand. He said, you had two gold medals. You had it all. And the coach shook his head and said, Doris, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. But if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. The problem with the work under your work is that it never delivers what you want it to deliver, right? It'll never give you the reputation you're, you're longing for. It'll never quite give you the name that you're looking for. It'll never give you the worth that your heart really wants. And that's why the work under your work is the most exhausting work, and that's why it's the most enslaving work, because it enslaves you and it crushes you. Sabbath rest is a declaration of your freedom from the work under your work. We see this in verse 13. The Sabbath is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. This is the other time in the passage that the Sabbath is de described as a sign. And here it says that it's a sign that the Lord the word sanctify means to set apart. It's the Lord who sets you apart from the slavery to work under your work. It's the Lord that sets you apart. And we see this in Deuteronomy 5. There's two places in the Old Testament where the Ten Commandments show up. In Exodus 20, the Sabbath commandment's tied to creation, tied to your design, your created nature. But in Deuteronomy 5, the Sabbath command is tied to God's rescuing his people from slavery his people out of Egypt. His description of Sabbath day is, it's almost a, a reenactment of emancipation from slavery. It's a reenactment of freedom from slavery because his people were in a system in Egypt that was treating them like a machine and not human beings. They were just units of capacity in Pharaoh's brick-making production. And so God rescued them out of being treated like a machine, treated like a cog in the wheel so that they could flourish. Sabbath rest is a declaration of freedom. It's a declaration that you're not a slave to your culture's expectations. It's a declaration that you're not a slave to your family's hopes. It's a declaration that you're not a slave to your grad school demands. It's a declaration that you're not a slave to your company's demands. That you're free. And so Sabbath rest is a declaration of freedom. If you can't take Sabbath, if you can't enjoy Sabbath rest, then you're enslaved to something, whether it be money, power, success, something has you enslaved if you can't take Sabbath rest. Now the answer, when you realize I'm, I'm enslaved to something that keeps me from resting, the answer is not, okay, I'm just gonna cut that off. The problem is you can't get out of slavery. Someone has to free you. 
Someone has to free you out of your slavery. And so it's a declaration of freedom from one master who is oppressive to another master who is life-giving, and that's Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's the rest from the work under your work. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Everyone is yoked to something. Jesus is the only boss who won't drive you into the ground. Jesus is the only boss who won't drive you into the ground. And he's the only audience that won't demand your best performance to be satisfied with you. Jesus brings freedom. Why? Because his work for you is finished. Your work under your work is satisfied in Jesus. The pleasure you're looking for is found in Christ. The pleasure you're looking for is found in Christ. The reputation you long for is secure in Jesus. The power you crave is satisfied in Jesus. The security you need is satisfied in Jesus. All this became yours when he burst forth from the tomb on resurrection day. And that's why Sabbath, which used to be on Saturday, end of the week in the Old Testament for the people of God, on Jesus' resurrection, it changed to Sunday, the Lord's day, the day that he burst out of the tomb and accomplished everything for you by his resurrection. And so the Lord's day, the Sabbath, is the day we come together and we worship the risen Christ and we get to know him more. The Sabbath is for you. Verse 14 says it's holy or set apart for you. Verse 15 says it's holy or set apart for the Lord. Now, one of the pink elephants in this passage that we haven't discussed is the harsh penalty for not keeping the Sabbath. God announces a very harsh penalty for not keeping the Sabbath. Verse 14, everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Now, the good news is that Jesus paid the penalty. He paid that penalty, right? He died. He was cut off for you for breaking not only the Sabbath, but every other command, right? So Jesus, the good news is he has fulfilled that penalty. You don't have to pay it. But that still doesn't answer the question, why was the penalty so harsh? for God's people breaking the Sabbath. Why was it so harsh? Peter Enns explains it well. He says this, this penalty seems harsh, but not when we realize what the Sabbath was intended to do. By not keeping the Sabbath, the Israelite was showing that he or she was not interested in knowing God. It was an act of rebellion it was a way of saying to God, my relationship with you isn't important to me. You're not worth the time it would take to get to know you. The Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift to give you regular rest, physical rest, spiritual rest. It's a gift, a day that you celebrate 
and honor the goodness of your design and your created nature, which demands rest. It's a day you declare your freedom from the work under your work to realize that all of those desires that are wrapped up in that work under your work are satisfied in Christ. Author Lillian Gill tells this amusing story. Her and her husband were driving down the road one day and they noticed up ahead on the side of the road was this Cadillac uh, with its hood up, broken down. And the owner was standing outside the Cadillac and was frustrated and perplexed. And so they pulled off and he explained to them that he was on his way to a business meeting. He knew his tank was low, but he thought he could make it. So he had run out of gas. And they actually had a gallon of fuel in a container in their car. So they gave it to him. He put that gallon in. They said, listen, just, you know, another couple exits up. There's a gas station. This will get you there. And so he filled it up, got in his car, took off. And uh, they got back in their car and they started going down the road. And well, about 12 miles later, guess who was on the side of the road again? It was the same car with the same owner, this time not just perplexed, but angry. And he had thought that that gallon of gas would, would get him to this business meeting that he so desperately needed to get to. Does that describe your life at all? Are you receiving from God the gift of rest, of regular rest, of physical rest, of spiritual rest, that he gives you in Christ through the Sabbath. Let's pray. Father, we confess that we don't rest well. We confess that we overwork and that much of the Overwork is driven by this seemingly insatiable need to make a name for ourselves or to succeed. Father, you've created us, you've designed us to function with a rhythm of work and rest. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die, to raise from the dead, to finish the work on our behalf, to satisfy our deepest desires, that we find our pleasure and our reputation and our success and our power and our security in Christ. Father, for many of us, we haven't thought much about the Sabbath. And yet you've given it to us as a gift, so would you help us to understand the gift and to receive it and to find rest for our souls in such a hectic world that we run at such a hectic pace. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.